Well, hey everyone, and welcome to episode number two of this series called Your Questions, God's Questions. So we are going to look at uh, your questions and answer them right here on uh, audio and video, and uh, this happens to be live on Facebook, but we keep this on our Facebook page at City Point Quebec, and uh, we put it on our website at citypointchurch.ca and uh, Apple Podcasts and the Podbean platform, so you can share these uh, these videos with others. Um, these questions are going to be answered in such a way that people of any faith system, Christian, non-Christian, no belief system whatsoever, are going to learn something. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Joe Friedland. I'm the pastor of City Point Church that usually meets at the movie theater in Brossard, but of course now we're all meeting uh, online, awaiting news from uh, the premier and the leadership of this province in terms of when movie theaters and places of worship and the like uh, will reopen. So uh, I've been a pastor for 20 years and am ordained with the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. And so I would invite you to uh, to send your question in. I'll put the address on the screen there. And so you can contact us through our website. And I will take a look at that and I will answer just about any question that you throw at me. Some of them I might not be able to answer very well. But some of them, uh, the Bible does give us uh, uh, an answer. And uh, you may be watching this and you say, well, I'm not a Christian. I don't believe the Bible. Okay, that's fine. But maybe you just want to see the perspective that the Bible may have on the subject. Uh, So tonight we're dealing with another difficult one. And uh, this is how does a person react when they have personally been victimized by systemic injustice? Personally. So it's one thing to observe this, and this is what's going on. We turn on any news station today, of course, uh, uh, what's going on in the United States, and there are massive amounts of people protesting in the United States, and Canada has protests as well, and uh, other areas in the world. There are protests against police brutality, against uh, systemic racism in particular, And um, it's one thing to observe that or perhaps participate in a protest. Um, It's another when you have been victimized. That's a totally different thing. And when you have experienced systematic um, uh, evil and injustice, when, let's pick uh, systemic racism, uh, when you have experienced the fear of being pulled over by a police officer and you're not sure if that police officer is going to pull a gun on you because of the color of your skin. That's pretty terrifying. Uh, I have seen guns pulled on people and it's pretty terrifying. Um, so it's, it's one thing to observe it in theory. It's another when you experience it. Whatever that systemic injustice and evil was, uh, and it's another to experience it over and over and over again through no fault of your own. That's a, that's really something when you experience that. And um, whatever the injustice was. And there's all kinds of emotions when that happens. There's all kinds of reactions when that happens. Um, anger is, is one of them. Um, fear is another. 
people can can get self-destructive because of that. When you have things like that happen to you over and over and over again, you start to believe maybe that there's something wrong with you uh, or maybe what people are saying about you is true. And it, you can you, people can condemn themselves when those things happen. You know, the brain has a remarkable capacity to help a person survive. And when people are victimized over and over again by systemic injustice, the brain ha- tries to help them survive. And uh, we call that the flight or, or fight mechanism that happens inside of us. That's a survival tactic. And so all of these things stir around and boil over uh, as we experience systemic injustice over and over and over again. Um, and what we're seeing now uh, in the news, people should protest. Uh, of course, people should protest peacefully. And the reason why people are protesting and protesting peacefully is because of Martin Luther King Jr., uh, the man who changed the world with the power of nonviolent protest. Um, not only that, people should get out and vote. Um, you know, I hope that people who attend protests vote because if you don't change law and you don't get into the courtroom and you don't get into legislature and fight to change law, it's one thing to attend a protest. It's quite another to change legislature. And uh, this is what has to happen, and that happens through electing people who will make those kinds of changes. I use the example on our Sunday morning service of William Wilberforce. Uh, Over 200 years ago, the transcontinental slave trade, this man fought tirelessly in the British Parliament to put an end to that evil practice, which finally got past the end of the transcontinental slave trade in the year 1807. Both of these men, Martin Luther King Jr., a Baptist preacher, William Wilberforce, uh, a strong uh, uh, Christian and uh, abolitionist, their Christianity made them do something about the problem of systemic injustice and systemic evil. And may that be the case today. But when we experience these things on a personal level, how do we react to them? Now, the, the end conclusion, if we just go by instinct, the, the end conclusion can often be a bad one for us who have been victimized and for us who have experienced it over and over and over again. And what can often happen is that anger can turn into hatred and that anger can turn into bitterness and that anger can turn into a quest for vengeance, personal vengeance. And what happens there is that becomes bad for us. That becomes bad for the victim. Maybe there are people on the other side of this camera and you know what that's like. You know what that bitterness and that hatred coming into your heart and beginning to consume your soul. Uh, And when that happens, that's because there's that desire for personal vengeance. And when that happens, that's bad for you. Uh, When that happens... You're the one who ends up hurting yourself. And it's very difficult to stave that off because it's kind of it's kind of the end result of that initial anger. And it turns into that kind of that kind of desire for personal vengeance. I want to give you the Bible's perspective on this. It is radically different 
uh, than the way that we typically respond to systemic injustice and evil. And folks, it's not only racism, it's not only police brutality. There are things going all uh, all over the world that we don't hear about in the news because we typically hear things that happen in the United States all over the news. But there are other countries in the world besides the United States of America, and there's plenty of systemic evil and injustice happening in those countries. Uh, and you, you survey the world and you, you are going to see uh, those things as well. What do people do when they've experienced things like that? And you can go through many, many examples in history. Look at, for example, uh, the the various genocides and ethnic cleansings uh, that have happened, so-called ethnic cleansings that have happened, even in recent years, relatively recent years, the, the, the genocide in, in Rwanda, for example. I mean, folks, this, these are atrocities that you, you can barely articulate without getting angry and without uh, uh, strong uh, emotion. What does a person do when they experience those things over and over again. The Bible has a very different perspective. This is from uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. We happen to be doing a series um, in our own church uh, on on uh, uh, video, of course, and uh, we live stream our services at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. A little plug, you can join us if you want. And uh, this is from 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter is, is written by the Apostle Peter from around the early uh, 60s A.D., and he is writing to a persecuted audience. He is writing from probably the city of Rome, where you had Emperor Nero. Nero would persecute Christians in a vicious fashion. He would he would light them up as human torches. He would feed them to lions in arenas. Uh, he set fire to the city of Rome in 64 and blamed Christians for it. Vicious, vicious, tyrannical leader who persecuted Christians brutally. And uh, Peter is writing from Rome to believers far to the east of him in places like Bithynia and Asia, modern-day Turkey. And this is what he says to them. It is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. What? But how is it to your credit if you receive a, a beating, for example, and he's talking about in, in context, he's talking about people who received beatings who were who were slaves. And slavery was, of course, quite different in the Roman world, uh, the Greco-Roman world, than, than today. So when you see that word slave, you can't think of the same thing. But still, it was being owned by somebody else. And uh, even though they would attain positions of power and so on, and it was common across the Roman Empire, it was still wrong. And, and uh, Peter says, um, if someone bears up under that pain, that beating. How is it to your credit if you were beaten, for, and again, this is 2,000 years ago, remember context, for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. What? To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. And he quotes from Isaiah, the Old Testament prophet. He committed no sin. So Jesus committed no sin. No deceit was found in his mouth. And they hurled insults at him. You want to talk about someone who is a victim of systemic evil and injustice? 
historically, in terms of the influence over the world, you cannot find a more significant example than Jesus of Nazareth. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Watch now. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Before you freak out on this, what he is saying, what he is teaching these people who are enduring, suffering in an unjust fashion, he uses the ultimate example of, of Jesus, who endured all of those things, not because he condoned them, not because he thought they were good things, not because he thought the people were right in in crucifying him. This is a man who faced the death penalty for doing absolutely nothing wrong. Uh, I just recently watched a movie uh, called Just Mercy. Uh, it is actually free. The networks, uh, streaming networks have made it free, along with a number, number of films uh, dealing with black history and culture. And uh, this is a film, I would recommend it for adults. It's very hard-hitting, got language issues, violence. But this this shows systemic racism in Alabama and a black Harvard-trained lawyer who fights to... Uh, uh, fights for condemned criminals on death row. Jesus was put on death row immediately for doing absolutely nothing wrong. Uh, You should watch this movie because it shows constant systemic evil and injustice. And yes, we should protest. And yes, we should vote. And yes, we should um, want to see change. But ultimately, the example of Jesus is who we have to follow. And I'm going to tell you a word that may make some of you angry. It's the word forgiveness. Now, forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not condoning. Forgiveness is not agreeing. Forgiveness is not tolerating. Forgiveness is not saying it's okay. No, 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 no. That's not what forgiveness is. What forgiveness is, is to release your right for a personal vengeance. It's to give up your quest for a personal vengeance and a personal vendetta against that system, against that person, against that regime that abused you, that afflicted you, and that hurt you over and over again. It's to give up your right to seek personal vengeance. Why? Because you trust God's vengeance. And this is exactly what Jesus did. He entrusted himself to God. You see, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. This is why the first century believers wrote so much and so passionately about the second coming of Christ, because that is the ultimate expression of the justice of God. They did not experience it. They lived under systemic injustice. All of them were executed for their faith, killed for following Jesus, and killed for their faith. That's pretty unjust. You know, we complain 
that and we live in a democracy and we complain you know and they they're shutting the churches down how come they're not opening the churches yet you know and all of this stuff in the first century they didn't have any democracy they didn't have any rights they lived under roman oppression roman tyranny these emperors starting from nero were very very cruel to christians and yet we see peter teaching these people trust god who judges justly forgiveness is not accepting it's not condoning it's not forgetting it's not saying it's okay you can you can forgive and go to protests you can forgive and vote for people who make change you can forgive and and uh, fight for freedom all those things are compatible they're all compatible with forgiveness because forgiveness is releasing your right to get even you have the right to get even, but you're releasing that right and you're trusting in God to do it for you. He is a much better judge than you and he has his ways of doing it and he uses the judicial system, fallen as it is, he uses that system, but he does even more and he will do even more. That's why they believed in the second coming. So maybe that changes your view of forgiveness and your understanding. Maybe it makes you a little angry. Uh, but this is found in First Peter chapter 2 in the Bible's New Testament. You can see it all over in the teachings of Jesus. What did he say when he was crucified on the cross? Forgive them, for they know not what they do. He entrusted himself to God who judges justly and who will judge justly. So I hope that that's a blessing to you. And please, 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 I encourage you to share this post with others. People are looking all over on the internet, watching all kinds of content. So I encourage you to share this with others. And I look forward to being with you again tomorrow as we continue our series, God's Questions, Your Questions. God bless you.